Hi, and welcome to the monthly Megabyte Barometer podcast. I'm Ian Spence, founder and chairman of Megabyte. Megabyte is a research company tracking the financial performance, corporate activity and strategic positioning of over 2,000 of the UK's leading tech and digital businesses. While we most certainly track the public companies, our superpower really is providing completely independent and incredibly high quality analysis of the UK's leading privately owned tech companies. Our research is delivered as a subscription service to over 200 tech companies, private equity investors and advisors in the sector. Once again, it's been a busy month for the research team at Megabyte. The team's had um, nearly 50 management team conversations again this month, uh, so lots of input there. Uh, We've analysed around 150 individual company results and produced over 100 news analysis and commentary pieces on those. Uh, The the team's also looked at over 60 transactions across M&A, capital markets and private equity, and I'll be talking through the detail and some of the highlights of those uh, uh, shortly. In addition, the team has been delving into some of the areas that particularly piqued their interest this month. We've published on legal tech, we've published on um, on the public cloud providers, wrapping up the results of the leading players. Uh, my colleague James uh, Priest has looked at public sector IT and particularly how the cloud is driving uh, adoption. And uh, Philip Cast, my business partner and our chief analyst, produced a really cool piece on machine to machine called the A to Z of M to M. Um, analyzing that kind of key trends in that part of the market, including uh, 14 companies that we track. And of course, the uh, the barometer reports, which are a key kind of pillar of our research service now. These are the two quarterly reports we produce on software and ICT services, uh, looking forward as much as possible, really, at, as well as analyzing what's happened over the previous quarter in terms of results and uh, corporate activity and valuations. Obviously, all of this uh, content is available to our subscribers. If you think it might be of interest to you, uh, then please do get in touch. Or if indeed you are a subscriber, thank you very much for your for your support as ever. The idea really of this podcast, and it'll, it'll take me about 20 minutes to walk through as usual, is for me to pull out really the the key elements of and, and the things that have particularly piqued my interest from our coverage and what's been going on in the sector during October. And I'll, um, I'll split the podcast into three sections. Firstly, I'll give a market update, uh, really looking at the share prices, valuations, corporate activity of the UK tech sector. Secondly, I want to really focus on IPO, the IPO market, uh, both on both sides of the Atlantic, but with a focus on Europe, and it's, it's really um, picking up uh, momentum now. And thirdly, looking at trading, uh, trading what's, what's been happening, some of the key pieces of news, and also looking forward to what that means for the outlook. So that's it for a quick introduction. Um, I'm going to be talking next about uh, the market update. Before I dive into my market update this month, uh, just a quick caveat is that I'm sitting here recording this podcast on the 4th of November and the outlook for the uh, the outcome of the US election is as yet uncertain. And so that clearly, if it's contested, may have a material impact on the outlook for corporate activity, share prices and valuations. So if you're listening to this podcast uh, and that when at a point where that outcome is known, then please bear that in mind. Uh, in this section, I'm going to talk about um, index performances and valuations on both sides of the Atlantic and then drill into the deal activity in the UK technology sector um, across capital markets, private equity and M&A. Before I do that, just to highlight a few key themes I think that are important or interesting this month. Firstly, we, we've really seen uh, the mid-market private equity uh, community, the mid-market private equity activity, getting back up to ramming speed during October October after uh, a period of, uh, of, of, of much lower activity post-COVID. 
Private company valuations, I think, are definitely getting stretched in some parts of the market, which we'll talk about. And thirdly, the UK IPO market definitely continues to show signs of increased momentum. And we'll look at some data points around that. Firstly, then to think about the uh, look at the uh, performance of share prices and valuations on both sides of the Atlantic. Starting first in the UK, the megabyte uh, index of leading 100 or so UK quoted tech stocks was down 5.6% in October, following on from a pretty poor month, a similar decline in September, although I have to say it's still well above its previous, well, significantly above its previous lows. Uh, that meant that valuations, unsurprisingly, average valuations in the UK tech sector dropped slightly uh, and were running at about 17 and a half times current year EV EBITDA at the end of the month. And breaking that down a little bit, software valuations at about 21 and a half times and ICT services valuations at 11.8 times, both down slightly on the month, uh, but clearly uh, pretty healthy by historic standards. The NASDAQ was down 2.3% in uh, October, again, following on from a reduction, a decline in September. It started the month quite well, actually, but uh, increasing levels of uh, election jitters, I think, uh, meant that at the end of the month it tailed off. Average valuations on the NASDAQ at 20.5 times current year EV EBITDA also down slightly on the month. And as a sense check on all of that, the FTSE 250 uh, in the UK, just a good kind of indicator of the overall uh, confidence in the broader UK economy was down 0.8% in October. And as usual, we see the tech sector underperforming weak market. Conversely, it tends to outperform a stronger market. So that's it on the um, on the share price and valuations performance for October. Turning then to deal activity in the UK market, we registered 63 deals on the Megabyte database during October, up from 60 in October 2019. So 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 a positive performance there, up year on year, and therefore um, tracking well from a COVID perspective. On capital markets, four deals in total, of which two were follow-on private off offerings. The largest by far of those was from Cape Technologies at just under 90 million. Total amount raised was 94 for the two offerings. Interestingly, two IPOs. The most significant of that, from a financial perspective, by a long way, was Phonics in the mobile payment space. That's a 45 million raise on a 90 million IPO. The other one was quite interesting, a company called Mode, which is a Bitcoin trading app. And the man behind that, uh, one Jonathan Rowland, and those of you who have been uh, in the market for as long as I have, rather rather long, well, may remember um, Jellyworks, which was his uh, his uh, what brought Jonathan Rowland uh, to, to a level of fame or infamy, depending on your viewpoint, um, uh, at the peak of the dot-com. And he's now back, as some might say, um, riding on the coattails of another bandwagon uh, with with Mode and Mode raised a seven and a half million uh, in in its I IPO. Anyone wants to understand more on the backstory of that, I thoroughly recommend reading uh, reading uh, the FT on that. Some fantastic coverage in Alphaville. Uh, for context on the capital markets, four deals in in the month just passed uh, compared to five deals in October last year, raising a total of 124 million on follow-on public offerings. So broadly similar uh, activity uh, year on year. And interestingly, you know, different, you know, similar dynamics to this time last year, although fewer IPOs. Clearly, we've been through this period now of of COVID-related fundraisings, and I don't personally think we're going to see that coming back, given how robust trading conditions are in the technology sector. Turning then to private equity, uh, 28 deals we recorded on our database in October compared to 25 a year ago in October 2020. Growth capital, fun enough, which is, as those of you who listen to this podcast regularly will know that I 
has been a real, a really, really robust part of the private capital market. Uh, we've seen very little impact from COVID uh, in terms of deal activity in, in growth capital, i.e. venture capital and, and early stage uh, um, growth capital private equity deals. But actually, October was not great. Although there were 21 deals in growth capital in our database compared to 19 in October last year, uh, raising a total of 300 million in, in, in the month just past, 240 million of that raise was kazoo on its own. And that compared to a total of uh, 400, nearly 400 million across the 19 deals this time last year. So the underlying activity level in terms of funds invested was much lower in October. I don't really think we can read a lot into that at this stage. I want to see really how the, the the metrics pan out over the next few months. And I don't really think that the underlying dynamics in growth capital remain very robust. Um, I just wonder whether maybe there are fewer deals around uh, and some, you know, quite a bit of the money that's been going into companies over the last six months has been into existing investments. And I wonder whether the lack of, of early stage seed and Series A deals that were done maybe at the beginning of the pandemic um, is now feeding through to, to lower uh, amounts coming through uh, in Series B and C and, and, and beyond now. I don't know. D- difficult to say. Let's see how the stats uh, pan out over the next few months, but certainly nothing fundamental to be concerned about there. As I mentioned at the beginning of this section, uh, the, the, the big story, I think, this month in, 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 in deal activity, or one of them is uh, a resurgence in mid-market private equity. We recorded seven deals across management buyouts and secondary buyouts uh, in October compared to five in the month ago uh, period. And the marquee deal really in, in uh, October was uh, TA and HG Capital uh, rolling the dice again on Access Group in a £2.6 billion deal, valuing that business at around 20 times current year EV EBITDA. Bear in mind, Access was originally a management buyout done by Horizon, then called Lyceum, at 50 million. So uh, that's a fair bit of, uh, of capital growth in, in just over a decade. And other another interesting deal uh, from a size and valuation perspective in October was Total Mobile, Bowmark acquiring that business from uh, Horizon Capital. You know, that's a you know, that was a deal done at certainly an EV EBITDA multiple, multiple in the 20s. You know, solid business total mobile, don't get me wrong, but you know, that's a punchy multiple, especially for a business that's never had particularly good cash conversions. So, you know, there are, you know, going to my point on, on some of the, you know, valuations getting stretched in, uh, in, in, um, in the private equity world, that would be one data point for, for me. Uh, lastly, on, on private equity deals, no public to privates again this month uh, compared to one Sophos this time last year. Turning then to MA, I think that um, uh, the, the, the overall deal uh, numbers in, in October were 31 compared to 30 in, in October 2019. And uh, the real trend, the main trend I want to focus on in MA activity is within enterprise software. And actually, a third of the deals that we registered were in that sector in October. And the dynamic uh, that, that is playing out there continues to be a small group of very well-funded private equity-backed uh, enterprise software businesses that are highly acquisitive. I'm talking about businesses like Iris, Access Group, uh, Advanced, ClearCourse, uh, really just very aggressively buying uh, in, in the enterprise software market across really all parts of it. ClearCourse, get, ClearCourse completed two deals in October. Advanced completed two deals in October. Um, including the 140 million pound acquisition of Mitre Finch, Iris completed one. Nothing from Access this month, but it was the guys there were probably busy getting their PE deal done. I'm sure we'll be seeing them again on the MA trail very soon. So, what what are my points on on this part? What what are the kind of key themes here? 
Well, one, I think we are definitely seeing a lot of valuation inflation in this in the enterprise software market, particularly for these smaller, medium sized software companies. And what does that mean? Well, I think it means that the multiple arbitrage strategies that uh, highly acquisitive private equity businesses like to pursue where they buy cheap and then get the benefit of that um, return on their next liquidity event at a higher multiple for the larger entity isn't increasingly going to be available to these businesses going forward if if we're seeing the kind of valuation inflation that we that we are in these smaller businesses so what does that mean i think that really means that in order for these for the for these businesses to get returns on on the acquisitions they're doing now at these higher valuations you know they need to make they need to be sure they're buying businesses with well invested technology modern technology they can't be buying turnaround jobs on 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 uh, legacy tech and there really needs to be clear revenue and cost synergies in those businesses to make to make the returns they need to make. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see how that plays out over the coming months and years. Lastly, then just wanted to uh, on M&A, just just pull out one other theme in infrastructure services, just to say that this theme of European pan-European infrastructure services businesses being continuing to be interested in acquiring the UK continues, particularly looking at MTI being acquired by Rico in the month. Um, and also uh, Proact IT acquiring Cetus, I think is how you pronounce it. And that follows on from a lot of deal activity with from Cancom and others last year. So that uh, continues to be a theme that we see uh, going forward. What's the outlook for deal activity, I think? Well, candidly, more of the same, I think. I think we're going to see, I don't think that um, lockdown 2.0 is going to have a material negative impact on deal flow. It's possible if we have a really messy situation in the States over the coming days that uh, that uh, there might be an impact on deal flow and valuations, um, but I would hope not. And um, and uh, the outlook for deal activity in private equity, therefore, looks positive. I think we're going to continue to see frothy valuations in both private equity and parts of significant parts of the M&A market. And I think the other key theme is this emerging uh, emerging IPO market, both here and in, in, in continental Europe. And that is going to be what I will talk about in more detail in the next section. Turning now to focus more on looking at the, the IPO market in a little bit more detail, there are three key themes that I really want to bring out. The first is a renewed trend for owner-managed businesses here in the UK to see London, uh, the London market as a liquidity option. Secondly, clear evidence, I think, now across Europe that uh, larger and, frankly, smaller VC-backed businesses, high-growth businesses, are seeing IPO as an attractive, opportunity, uh, attractive option for them. And thirdly, this, this idea of the generational shift in valuations where businesses that are perceived to be a part of the digital revolution that we talk about at Megabyte, this accelerated digital transformation that's happening post-COVID, are ach achieving very attractive valuations, whereas those that are perceived to be last decade's technology um, are really struggling. And, and there's, no really, there's not really anything in between. There's a real chasm between those. And I think the McAfee IPO really was a, a, an interesting data point on that. And I'll talk a little bit about that. So to look at each of those in turn, turning first to the UK market, we've seen, um, and I wouldn't call it a flood, but we've definitely seen uh, an increasing uh, flow of IPOs in the London market over recent months. We started with Cooth in the late summer, uh, followed by Phonics and Mo, I described um, earlier in the podcast. And we've got Bytes Technology Group coming uh, next month, which is a very interesting one. It's going to be... Um, I think one of the largest, or it is going to be the largest. This is an infrastructure services company that's being spun out of Altron, uh, a South African, uh, um, a large South African group. 
I'm not going to try and um, hex the, the IPO by putting a, a valuation uh, a estimate on it. But, but suffice to say, it has 26 million of trailing EBITDA. They're talking about a 50% dividend payout of, of net profit, uh, which, as with Softcat, will support, I'm sure, a, a decent, a pretty sensible valuation. And talking of Softcat, there's no doubt I think the advisors will be hoping to match or certainly get close to or possibly even exceed Softcat's current valuation. They're similar businesses, although there are material differences as well. Um, Softcat currently trading on 22 times current EV EBITDA. So, with, I mean, I know Bytes Group isn't technically an owner managed businesses, but my point is it's not PE backed and that's the distinction i'm making as much as anything else so i think we're definitely seeing some some momentum on that side of things secondly i talked about high growth vc backed businesses we obviously saw the hut group uh, listing in london very successfully in september that now currently has a 6.5 billion market cap during october we saw the unified post ipo in belgium that's a, a fintech business in belgium at a 700 million euro valuation 12 times trailing revenues um, shares trading up 10 percent on the ipo price Possibly the most interesting one actually is Allegro in Poland. This is a, a an Amazon equivalent in Poland, and that listed at about eleven billion dollars of market cap and has doubled since and is trading on twenty two times sales. That's for an e commerce business. This is not a software business, people. So there's some really attractive valuations, and and in my view, those are inevitably, as long as they last, going to draw out uh, more. Uh, more more um, uh, VC investors looking for liquidity for some of their shareholdings. You've got businesses like Darktrace here in the UK that I've talked about, Klarna, TransferWise, UiPath, Checkout.com, World Remit, Babylon Health, and the list goes on of, of um, very well-funded um, VC-backed businesses that probably don't have an obvious trade exit route and they're coming to the end of the size that they could realistically do VC, more VC, and they're not really the kind of businesses that are ready for private equity yet because they're not yet profitable or profitable enough. And I think we're 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 going to see a bit of a a bit of a flow of those over the next uh, months and and possibly years. Thirdly, talking about generational shift uh, in valuations. So this uh, I'm not going to repeat the idea. This is the idea of that kind of if the valuation haves and the valuation have nots. Uh, you know, just focus on that with McAfee, with the cybersecurity business for a minute. You know, McAfee, most of you will know, is a, um, a cybersecurity business that was listed on the, the US exchange for many years, got acquired by Intel back in the day. It was not a successful um, acquisition for Intel. And Intel is now, and others have decided now uh, to, to bring that back to the market. It listed in October. Listed at twenty dollars, uh, dropped to sixteen and a half dollars. So very poor share price performance from IPO. It's trading on a single digit EV EBITDA multiple, and really is looking a bit unloved. And I think that just really underlines this point when you compare that to something like a Snowflake, Palantir, some of the other IPOs that we've seen of of what those businesses that are considered to be next generation businesses on 20, 30, 40 times sales. You know that's a really interesting data point on the generational shift in valuations. So what does this mean looking forward? I think it's very interesting, uh, you know, that you know what what we're going to see going forward. What I don't think we're going to see is is a significant shift in the in the attitude towards mid market private equity that don't typically see IPO as an exit route for their for their businesses. The uncertainty, the lack of certainty around a completion on the deal plus a potential lock in uh, for shares over potentially years after the IPO just make that an unattractive route and. Uh, valuations as high as they are on the capital markets are not enough of a premium to overcome those uh, those concerns for private equity, I don't think, for the most part. But you are, I think, going to see three sources of IPOs on London and elsewhere. 
I think you're probably going to see more owner-managed businesses coming to the market if Phonics continues to be successful and Bytes continues is a successful IPO. For example, we have 62 owner-managed businesses on the um, on the megabyte database with over 5 million of EBITDA and, and the number goes up very quickly if you come below that EBITDA number. So there's lots of possible businesses to come to the market. Secondly, I think you're going to see more um, early stage high growth businesses like the Hutt Group, as I've talked about. And I think that's going to be a theme going forward. Again, there are 36 private businesses on that just in the UK on our database with more than 50 percent organic growth uh, with five to 20 million of revenue here in the UK. And there are loads of other business B2C businesses that we don't currently track. Some of the names I mentioned mentioned a minute ago that could come to the market. And thirdly, we may see some more spin outs. Um, like Bytes. There are 45 businesses in our database, subsidiaries that we track. Most of those, frankly, are not not likely to be structurally right for an IPO, but you know there are some there that might be. So overall, uh, the, the the key takeaway from this is I think we are going to see uh, we are going to see uh, more IPOs uh, of these types that I described, but don't expect uh, mid market private equity to suddenly start IPOing their businesses anytime soon. Turning then to the uh, financial performance and trading outlook of, of companies we track in Megabyte. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, the research team at Megabyte has tracked uh, and has assessed around 150 different company results over the last month. So it's been a really busy period. And obviously, those are too numerous for me to go into any detail on this podcast. But I think there are a couple of kind of key themes that I'd bring out. Firstly, we are seeing a broadly continuing positive picture on current trading within the sector across most parts of the sector. And I think that beyond that, I think the idea that this 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 concept of all this um, this view of resilience that there's been in the sector since the pandemic hit, where you know the 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 trading performance of technology companies has been much stronger maybe than some expected. That I feel is now turning into from resilience into renewed confidence in the sense that uh, management teams are uh, looking at the the new norm, if you like, and thinking, okay, we understand where we are now. We understand the new norm in a post-COVID world and we're starting to plan for the future. And I think that's a really positive and a tangible difference to maybe a couple of months ago. The one slight caveat to that, I think, is that we are seeing uh, those companies with SME customer bases that are, are not being quite as positive or able to be quite as positive as others that focus on particularly on enterprise and public sector where where um, uh, spending continues to be very robust um, inevitably really i guess as we're, we go into recession uh, those sme uh, customers are, are going to be more impacted by that and that will impact on their technology budgets etc and we are seeing that coming through into trading patterns now a little bit of a backdrop and a bit of context to, to, to a conversation in a minute about uh, the UK quoted and private companies we track. Uh, the uh, the tech majors in the US all reported results, quarterly results in the last month and have continued to knock it out of the park. Facebook, Apple, Google, Amazon have all, pro- all produced very strong results. Even Facebook, which had something of a, a an advertising boycott over the summer, uh, continued to, to generate very strong growth in line with expectations. The only surprise maybe was SAP, which produced quite a cautious set of results, which was which was a surprise. And the and the share price suffered as a result. Not quite sure what's behind that. Not quite sure whether it's a, just a, an over-egging of expectations or whether there is any serious underlying issues there. Candidly, I'd be surprised given that it's focused on the enterprise market, which we know is, is relatively robust and public sector. But I guess we'll need to see the next uh, couple of quarters results to know whether uh, the trend is, is more negative there or whether it was just a blip. Turning then to UK quoted, um, I, 
I, I wanted really to bring out uh, the, the, the slightly differing uh, commentary from Computer Center and Softcat really to underline this view about SME, SME customer bases. Computer Center continues to chunk along, uh, doing very well, uh, trading in line with expectations, continues to generate uh, solid, if, if, if not particularly exciting growth. Uh, Softcat, on the other hand, which has obviously generated very exciting growth, has slowed significantly in the last six months. Uh, you know, the first half of its financial year um, was uh, was broadly positive, uh, and it did generate nine percent, I think nine percent, certainly high single digit growth for the year as a whole. But that that was flat in the second half, and I think that you know Softcat, as many of you will know, is it, although it does have a very significantly and growing public sector business is primarily still an SME business. And I think that will be a drag on Softcat's growth over the next six to 12 months. So just really clearly demonstrating, I think, the, the dynamic I've been talking about. Elsewhere in the UK quoted sector, broadly positive in line with expectations or better than expectations. Um, Avast, Quartix, Alpha Financial Software, Kanos, NCC, Dot Digital, uh, GBG with a 40% profit upgrade in those results following, following a trading update and results. Uh, Craneware, FDM, all producing solid uh, figures, uh, and uh, you know not much caution. First derivatives in Aviva, maybe a little bit more cautious, but overall it's a positive picture. Within the private companies we tra we track, which are too many to to mention, but just to try and bring out some of the companies that where we've had uh, board level contact and talked about the results: uh, CloudReach, Tessian, Pulsant, Northgate Public Services. Access Group, Node4, Sapphire Systems, WCCTV, Nudge Global, Southern Communications, Charterhouse Voice and Data, Sabio, Adama. There are many more, but I think that gives you a flavour of the of the kind of the, the, the level of interaction we're having with management teams and 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 the fact that we can be really co confident that that, that that this positive message about trading. And and as if to underline that, just to pull out one company that we talked to uh, this month, Open Destinations. Travel software company, obviously been impacted by uh, by the pandemic more than most. But actually, the CEO there very positive about the the, me, the medium term outlook and is expecting a strong bounce back in their business uh, next year. Really underlining this point of of, of resilience, turning to uh, turning to renewed confidence. Subscribers obviously can get all of the uh, all of the detail of uh, our coverage of these results uh, and more both in our company coverage, but also in our barometer reports, which has a very clever, they both have uh, one on software, one on ICT services, have a traffic light system, which looks across the 50 subsectors that we track at Megabyte. And for each of those gives uh, a view on with using traffic lights, positive, medium, negative on um, corporate activity, valuations and, uh, and trading activity across those, a trading outlook across those subsectors. If you're a subscriber, if you've got the time, I strongly recommend you have a look at those. If you're not a subscriber and you think that those reports or indeed anything that I've talked about in, in this podcast may be helpful to your business, um, we'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch. You can find multiple ways to contact us and have a look more at what we do at megabyte.com. So that's all I had to say to you this month. I hope very much that we when we talk next month that uh, the US election has been resolved in a peaceful and, and happy way and we're not still dragging it through the courts. Let's keep our fingers crossed about that. But in the meantime, I look forward to speaking to you next month and everybody stay safe.